We're exclusive on the production. Your experience just got serious. Season 2 Yes Happy Holidays Happy Kwanzaa Happy Boxing Day All that good stuff man It was a great day for National Basketball Association games Five game schedule I hope you were able to catch every single one I know I did and I got a lot to talk about. Welcome to episode number 10 of 10 on the Clock. I'm Tyrone Smith. Wrong to exclusive hustle band and sneak advantage. Y'all already know the vibes. Daytona 360, alive and in the flesh. And look, 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 look. If you are a fan of NBA basketball, this was your opportunity. Because I know a lot of y'all ain't got league pass. I know a lot of y'all are not really into the game like that, unless it's playoff time. And I understand that basketball is one of them things that you're really not into until something big is on the line. I get that. But see, this is my job. So I have to watch a lot of basketball seven days out the week from the beginning of the season to the end of the season to summer league, all that good stuff, preseason, y'all, yeah, blah, blah, blah. It was a lot to talk about, a lot to get into, so let's get into these Christmas Day games. Let's start off with the Philadelphia 76ers and the New New York Knicks. All right, first things first, man. Shout out to Gorgie's Niang, because that man was out there looking like prom Steve Kerr. With all them three-point uh, field goals he was making in the fourth quarter. But as I said in my last episode, when I broke down these games, I said Embiid was going to eat. He ate. had 35 and 8. I said Harden. I said Harden was going to eat. He ate. Had a double-double with points and assists. Everybody ate the way I expected them to eat. And the role players did their thing. Tobias Harris had a good game. But Yang, that man submitted himself as a Philadelphia Broad Street bully legend. And let's not talk about the the play that kind of shaped everything to go the Sixers way. And that was the three-point buzzer beater by Shake Milton, who turned out to be my X Factor from the last episode. As y'all did know, I did pick X-Factors from each and every game. I figured I tried to go with players that nobody would really expect. You already know your stars. They're going to do their thing. But guys who come in and they play, they have good games. But I felt that these particular players was going to have great games. Now, Shake, he only had eight points. But that three-point field goal kind of shifted the momentum because New York dominated that first half. And when he hit that shot... You could just kind of tell the way this game was going to go. The New Philly was going to win this game. They trailed the whole game and took their first lead in the fourth quarter. Never looked back. And they ended up winning that game to my surprise. On the flip side, Quentin Grimes had a decent game. Put up 10 points. 
Julius Randle went out there and balled out. RJ Barrett had a difficult time as I think he would against the def- defense of PJ Tucker and the Anthony Melton. Jalen Brunson did eat. So it's a lot to look at positive-wise for the Knicks, but overall, losing the fourth quarter lead the way you did, considering the defensive guy that Tom Thibodeau is, I'm pretty sure they got some pretty hard practices coming up, but it's it's, it's the week they can redeem, redeem themselves, get back into the winning ways. I mean, everybody has a game where they, they pretty much dominate for most of it, and then next thing you know, they end up losing the game. A lot of Pistons. How did you lose that game when you was up as many points as you were up? Hey, that's another topic for for next week. But I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna keep it simple with these Christmas Day games. So shout out to Philadelphia for winning the first game on the Christmas Day schedule. And at this particular point, I think that the, the corned beef was in the oven. The greens are already in the pot. I think I was making macaroni and cheese at this point. So I kind of get where I was going with my Christmas Day meal. In addition to watching the Christmas Day games. Next up on the list was the Dallas Mavericks and the LA Lakers. At this point, Christmas dinner was done. Everything was set out on the table and ready for me to eat. The Lakers, kind of like the Knicks did, they dominated the first half. Luka kind of wasn't looking like Luka. LeBron was out there playing. The role players was doing what they needed to do. They was hitting shots. Everything was looking lovely. One thing that I noticed about the Lakers, they're going to have that one quarter where they're on top of the world. They're doing everything that they're supposed to do. They're looking like the team. Everybody swears that they are. This, that, and the third, whatever. But then it's going to be that one quarter. Turnovers is gonna happen. They're leaving guys open for wide open threes. Everybody's getting to the paint. It's just everything goes WWE style wrestling with the Lakers. It's like a tale of whatever quarter. Now, normally from Lakers games that I've watched, it's always that third quarter where the Lakers are kind of in the mode where they have to where they where they dominate the quarter to where they either in the fourth quarter is close enough to where they can win or it's kind of blown out to where you don't really have to worry about it but it's the lakers so they they kind of lose it and they either lose the game or the game would be super close so the first half looked great for the lakers but the third quarter 51 points by dallas in the third quarter when i tell you that luca was out there making patrick beverly and russell westbrook look like little children out there trying to guard him it was just ridiculous to see Tim Hardaway Jr. found his three-point shot, which was great to see. Kristen Wood was out there making threes, doing little dances, looking, making, making the Lakers look crazy. Westbrook was out there turning the ball over as usual. Patrick Beverly thought he was doing something, but he wasn't doing too much of nothing. So it's always that. It's always that with the Lakers. And yes, LeBron put up his numbers, but look, it's not going to be able to continue like this. Yes, he's going to get his numbers, but the Lakers are not going to win. And they need Anthony Davis. I was disappointed in Thomas Bryant. I felt he could have did a little more. Eight points, eight rebounds. That just that just wasn't going to cut it. Eight points, three rebounds. I'm sorry, three rebounds. That just wasn't going to cut it for me. The size of Dallas big man, I felt like he could have ate a little better than what he did, and he didn't. So... That's something that they're going to have to continue to work on. They got to do it by committee with Anthony Davis out. And it's not looking too good for the Lakers. I I was embarrassed watching that game. And I'm not even a Lakers fan, but I was embarrassed watching that Lakers game. 
And I wanted to text some friends because I know I know a couple Laker fans, but I know I already know. You know I didn't want to pour salt on the wound, so I just kind of left it at that. But shout out to Christian Wood, he put up 30 points. I've always said for Dallas to be successful, they need somebody other than Luka to put up numbers. Christian Wood, he put up 30. Tim Hardaway Jr. put up 26. Reggie Bullock put up 14 points. He had four threes. This is what Dallas needs if they want to get back into that upper echelon of the Western Conference. They need guys to do what they do. And this is exactly what they did. So shout out to the others for Dallas. Now, my X-Factor in that game was Spencer Dillwitty. He only had eight points and eight assists, and he didn't have a great shooting game. The Jalen Brunson-Spencer Dillwitty debate, I obviously thinking you can now kind of close that because Dillwitty has not been himself. Yes, he has the ACL injuries, and usually those take longer to kind of recover from than normal, but I mean, it's just it's not looking good, you know. Dallas had the opportunity to the opportunity to lock Brunson up and they didn't lock him up. He bet on himself and he won. He got the money. And now he's that lead guard for the Knicks. Well, Dewey, I don't know. I feel like they gotta do something. I, maybe he's better suited coming off the bench, being a part of the second unit. But right now, as a starter, I, I just I don't like it. I, I feel like he can do better. It's still short. It's you know the season's still kind of young. I mean, we're starting to kind of differentiate. That's not even a word, but it's going to be a word right now because that's, that's what I kind of need right now. We're starting to see who are the contenders, who's the pretenders, things of that nature. So it's still time for Deal With to kind of do this thing, and I think he'll pull it together eventually. And my game of the night, which ended up being kind of like a dud of the night for the most part i mean it had exciting moments but then it just kind of got out of hand a little bit the celtics in the bucks Giannis did have 27 points yes he put up 22 shots to get his 27 points so his efficiency wasn't that wasn't wasn't great and holiday did his thing connington was my x factor he did put up 15 points he had four rebounds and three assists for Milwaukee, Chris Middleton didn't play, so that's maybe a silver lining that you can say there. Well, we wasn't at 100% when we went out there and played. Boston, for the most part, was at 100%. We didn't have Middleton. With Middleton, I think this is a different game. This is what they can say. And that's probably what they can say with the championship. Middleton did miss a majority of the, champion, of the playoff run which caused them to lose and a lot of people within the bucks can't feel like if middleton was playing then the bucks would probably be repeat champions right now neither here nor there but they didn't have middleton Giannis didn't have that great of a game i mean 27 points looks good but like i said he put up 22 shots to get it so shout out to the celtics defense for doing what they do on the flip side tatum put up 41 including the poster dunk on poor Giannis. Look, if you a shot blocker, it's going to happen. You can't be ashamed. You got to go after everything. Look, sometimes players just get the best of you and you're on the poster. But it is what it is. If you play basketball, you going after everything if, if, if you that type of player. Outside of the 41, 29 did come from Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart was out there doing his thing per usual. Robert Williams and Al Horford did their thing. Blake Griffin was out there playing. Derek Wright. This is a complete 
complete Boston Celtics team, their offense is probably one of the is so top notch. So it was good to see them pull it together because as of late, the Celtics have been struggling. And it's weird to see because they've been losing to like Orlando and stuff like that. So to see them pull it together was good. It was a, was a good look. I think this kind of cements Jason Tatum as that front runner again. A lot of people may have considered him a fraud considering what the Celtics, the losing streak that the Celtics has been on as of late. But I think this game kind of resubmitted himself as the primary favorite for MVP going forward. And my extractor for the Celtics, Grant Williams, he put up numbers. He had 11 points, six rebounds, and three assists. Not great numbers, but they were numbers that definitely kind of contribute to, contributed to what was going on in terms of Tatum and Brown getting off offensively. So it was a good thing to see. In the most hyped game of the night, we had the Grizzlies and the Warriors, and the Warriors put the smack down. When I mean the smack down, I mean the smack down on the Memphis Grizzlies. It, it, it was it was tough to see. Look, you need three key things to be a great team. You need a you need a great you need a great group of guys, you need a lot of young talent, some veteran guys to kind of keep it all together. You need great coaching, and you need that confidence and a little cockiness, a little arrogance to kind of get you through. And if you have all three of those things, in addition to being a young team then you are destined to be very good for a very long time. And this is what Memphis has. But at the same time, they called out Golden State. They felt they was the better team. They felt they could have won that series last year. They felt they could have won that play-in last year. They feel they were the better team. Golden State ended up winning the championship, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people within the Memphis brass felt that that championship should have been theirs. Okay, cool. You call them out Christmas Day. Okay, cool. But don't go out there and lay a dud of a game. Like, at, at least make it competitive. Keep the same energy that y'all had when y'all was tweeting and interviews and all this stuff. Keep that Keep that energy. That's the energy that we wanted from Memphis in this game against Golden State. On the flip, Golden State gave them the energy that, that Memphis gave them via social media. Play mocking Dylan Brooks. They had six technical fouls. Jordan Poole ended up getting ejected before he put up a cool 32. I said he was going to put up maybe like a low 30s, high 40s. He was he was on his way to putting up putting up 40 points. Draymond had a 2.13 assist, 13 rebound game, which is what? <laughs> Two points, 13 rebounds, 13 assists. Golden State, I think this is the game that, that saves their season. This is the game that says they season. Maybe they just need every team that they play to call them out. Because they just play so much more motivated when they called out. So that was that was good to see. And I like Memphis, but look, sometimes you gotta be humble. Don't, don't like it's levels to this. It's levels to this. Don't don't get to talking crazy if you ain't won nothing yet. And last but not least, Denver and Phoenix. My poor sons, man. My poor I I, I just don't know. I just don't know. And look, as as being in basketball media, you, you're really not supposed to be biased. But it's obvious. I, I like Phoenix. Phoenix is my favorite team. And just to see them on this little downward spiral, it's just it, it does it does something to me. It, it really makes me feel bad. 
Now, with all that being said, Devin Booker only played about four minutes. He ended up leaving the game with a groin injury, did not return, which was a great thing for Landry Shamit as he put up 31 points. And hopefully, this is the beginning of something great because we need some other players off of the bench to do their thing. We need that. DeAndre Ayton had a solid game, but he let Nikola Jokic put up 41 points on him and another triple-double. Nikola Jokic is a close second. You can even say that it can be Tatum 1A, Jokic 1B, but it's, it's looking really, really close right now. Denver has the best record in the Western, one of the best records in the Western Conference. They might have the best record in the Western Conference. A lot of people was not expecting that from Denver. And you really got to look at it, man. Michael Porter Jr. is not 100%. Jamal Murray isn't 100%. These guys are going to get at or near that during the course of this season. And that's just going to make Denver that much more scarier. So shout out to shout out to the Nuggets. They they doing their thing. Bruce Brown, he didn't have the greatest of games. He only had five points, but he had two rebounds, two assists, two steals. That Swiss Army knife that I was talking about last episode. That's Bruce Brown. He goes out there and proves it. Tory Craig put up 13 points. I needed Tory Craig to step up and give me a little more offensively, and he did that. Sun still lost. This is good to see though. You need something to build off of for the rest of the year. Phoenix is going to get better. Trust me, they're, they're going to get better. Their bench isn't looking that great, but they still they still have things that they can use to get them better players towards that stretch run. I haven't lost my faith in Phoenix. I think they'll pull it off. Denver, look, every move that they made this offseason has been solid. Seeing Bones Highland develop the way he's developing, Seeing Nikola Jokic not fall into that little maze of eh, iffy basketball has been exciting to see. Seeing Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray out on the court is inspiring to see. That was a that was a dope game. I picked Denver to win it. Low key, I wanted Phoenix to win it. It is what it is. Denver pulled it out. And those are the five games. I'm interested to know what was your favorite game i would say out of those five games i think if i had to rank them from my least watchable to my most watchable i would probably go i would probably go laker dallas lakers as my most least watchable game even though that third quarter i did watch that whole third quarter but other than that i wasn't really in tune with that game like that celtics bucks I watched that game just because I wanted to see what Tatum would be able to do against Giannis. Philly and New York, just because that was the first game of the night of the day. Memphis and Golden State was probably my second most watched just because I wanted to see how Golden State would come out. And then Phoenix and Denver, just because Phoenix is one of my favorite teams, but I also like Denver. I like, I love watching Nikola Jokic play, but I also like watching Chris Paul play. So there's a lot of players that I like watching play, playing that game, which made it a good game overall. So those were my five. I went three and two in my selection of those games. I partnered with Have a Have a Soul to do something uh, contingent on those games that I picked. 
and more details about that will be coming soon so make sure y'all check that out but with my three and two record i am now currently 53 and 27 in my selection of basketball games and i will conclude this episode with my locks of the week for this week And for locks of the week, I am looking at the games on Friday, December the 30th. It is a nine game schedule. So let's go ahead and let's pick these games. I'm going to tell y'all who I think is going to win. And y'all can do what y'all, y'all can do with it. Y'all can do with it, whatever y'all want to do with it. So first off, I got the magic to defeat the Wizards. Next up, I'm going to take the Hawks to defeat the Lakers. I got the Raptors to beat the Suns. The Bulls over the Pistons. The Bucks over the Timberwolves. In my game of the night, I'm going to take the New Orleans Pelicans to defeat the 76ers. In my upset special, I'm going to take the Heat to defeat the Nuggets. In my lock of the night, I'm going to take the Warriors to defeat the Blazers. And last but not least, I'm going to take the Utah Jazz to defeat the Sacramento Kings. Demonis Sabonis has a fractured thumb. He's going to try to play through it, but that is going to be a very key injury. He's going to be very limited, and that takes away a lot of what Sacramento likes to do offensively. And that has been the episode. I do appreciate y'all rocking out with me. Shout out to Dirk and his new statue over at American Airlines Arena in Dallas. Shout out to Dame for becoming the all-time leading scorer in Trailblazers history. Basketball full slate is back in schedule. Shout out to the Clippers for coming back and beating the Pistons. 14-3 in the overtime. Three points, Detroit? Really? Come on, man. To be a Suns fan and to know that your home team is the Pistons, it just it, it does something to you. It makes you feel some type of way. It makes you want to pull all your hair out, don't you? Hell yeah. Be that as it may, I appreciate y'all rocking out with me. I'm Tyrone Smith. Rome to exclusive hustle band, sneaker bandy, four point island, lock them up. Rome, Daytona 360, and I will holler at y'all next week. Hey.